This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast. This is Jordan Owandi. I'm here again, once again, um, another week, another episode with a special guest. She is one of the number one edible bakers in the Bay Area. <laughs> She's an artist. Uh, are you a painter? Do you paint? Yeah. She's a painter as well. Uh, her name is Sarah, Sarah Bass. I said that correctly, right? You did. And I wanted to speak to her about, well, I met her randomly at a park, and um, she told me if I ever wanted to sample some of her shit or buy some of her shit, hit her up, went on her Instagram, found out that she's like a real deal chef. So, uh, yeah, I wanted to get into that, and then all about your art, artistry and your life, and blah, blah, blah. And she also brought a sample. Did you bring a sample? I did. That's what this is. And, um, yeah, I guess we'll try that uh, on air. <laughs> do you eat your own shit? I do. I ate one before I left the house. It's oh, you ate baked. one already? Got baked, like, what? an hour ago. I thought we was going to share one and try it together. No, that's for you. What is it? This is a brownie? It's a lemon cake. Lemon and orange. Blood orange cake. Should I try it now or wait like, later? How, I mean, how? it'll kick. It'll take a while to kick in, so you okay. might as well eat it now. Yeah, sorry. All right, so, Sarah, um, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's your day going today? It's been a pretty good day. So, um, you're a chef. Uh, did you go to school for this? Not for food, um, or not per se. I'm mostly self-taught, but have worked in the service industry and in some kitchens, and have been lucky enough to be surrounded by some incredibly knowledgeable and talented people throughout my life. So, been able should to. Just, is this strong, or should I just take take a little bite? It'll, it'll be like. 15 plus, but not crazy strong. Okay. Let's try it. All right, taste it up. We can taste the weed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, say that again. I was, I'm sorry. You did not go to school for... Not for food. Um, I made my own major in college, and so it did involve food studies, but uh-huh. they didn't offer that. I built my own curriculum around it. Okay. So what were you studying in school? I combined sociology, food, and then some Italian and the arts. Okay. What school did you go to? University of Redlands. I'm assuming that's in the Redlands? It is. Where's Redlands at? California? Mm Mm-hmm. About an hour east of LA, next to San Bernardino. Okay. Is that like an art school? It's a liberal arts school, um, and so they have a tiny little make-your-own-major program. Uh-huh. It's about 200 students. Make-your-own-major, what do I mean? What does that mean? You just walk in and be like, you know, I just want to... Yeah, they just give you comes, a degree. You, like, you show up at 18, and you're like, I got some ideas, and then they give you a degree. You know. For real? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I never heard of make-your-own-major before. That's why. There's a few other places that 
have different versions of it. Mm. Um, so the process that I was involved in is that you, I mean, as with most 18 year old, you don't know what you're actually doing, but yeah. you set some kind of intention and map out the courses you intend to take over the four years. Mm-hmm. And then of course that is leaping space for classes and your interests to change. Um, your sophomore year, you write up a contract and then and, and a full course list, a concrete course list for the four years mm. and defend that in front of a committee. And then if that gets approved, there may be stipulations, you may have to make some alterations, et cetera. Um, and then your senior year, you write up a different kind of summary and contract um, and explain why you made the changes you did because everyone is going to have changes two years later Um, and why you think you fulfilled all of the elements of this degree. So when you first went in at 18, uh, were you the same person when you left? Of course not. What changed? Did you have have different ideas of life and all that? To some degree, yes. Um, I think it's just a a slowing down and a, I mean, I moved to California to try to get rid of some of my angst and Uh, to, to a large degree that worked. Um, but I mean, for the most part, yes, the the same feelings and outlook on the world on the, on the whole. Where did you move uh, from? New Haven. That's in where New Mexico, Connecticut, Connecticut. I saw your East coast girl. Okay, why all the way to California? Sunshine, avocados. <laughs> did you lack of repression? <laughs> did you uh, know anybody in California before you moved? No. Or I mean, I knew people in the state, but like not uh-huh. where I was going or anything. Okay, and you were always into like art and shit. Mm-hmm. How was growing up in Connecticut? I mean, fine. New Haven is. A small city. Uh, it's about a third of the size of Oakland and fairly similar demographically mm. um, and a, a similar focus on arts and community. Mm. So big part and and an incredible food scene considering how small it is. So I, w- I knew that I wanted a combination of those elements along with, you know, intellectual stimulation and access to different kinds of culture, um, but also that yeah, I need the fucking sun. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like a like a Portland girl to me for some reason. I've never been, and I, I'm sure I would love parts of it. Because you know Portland's all about like food and like the crazy food and all that shit. Mm-hmm. You never been to Portland? I have not. No. Okay. All right. So you graduated high school. What high school did you go to? Public school. I mean, public school and an art school, but... So when you finished, you, did you take time off or did you come straight to California? Straight to college. I knew that if I didn't, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, you came to California, started school at 18. Was it like, a, I don't know, did you fit in well with the California vibe? Enough. Still definitely struggle with it to some extent. Mm. Um, And things that I don't necessarily want to change in myself. Mm. But I do think it suits me better here. Yeah. Okay. Why do you like California so much? I mean, again, weather is like really huge, but that most of the produce in the country is grown here. So it's 
the most local and the most nutritious and delicious that you yeah. can find in most places. Um, incredible sunshine. And that the, the culture of the Northeast is this very, like on a personal level, it's intimate and warm, but overall a pretty chilly and like pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Don't complain about anything type of place. When did you come to the Bay Area? Five years ago. And what made that move? Oakland's the spot. Did you know anything about Oakland before you came? Mm -hmm. I visited a bunch. Okay. Uh, All right. um. Do you not think Oakland's the spot? (laughs) Of course. I love Oakland. Uh, when I first moved out here, I was living in San Francisco, and that's because just just because I wanted to say that you know I live like you know how people say oh, I wanted to say I lived in New York. Yep. I do. I just wanted to say that I lived. I wanted to get that feeling of San Francisco for at least a year, and then I realized because uh, when I was living in San Francisco, I never used to come to Oakland because I mean there's so much shit going on every day in San Francisco, right? Yep. And then when I moved to Oakland, I stopped going to San Francisco because I found out there's so much shit going on in Oakland. And plus, the, the vibe in Oakland is like, I don't know, it's more, I mean, it's artsy, but it's more authentic art. Like in San Francisco, it seems like it's artsy, but it's more like, uh, you know, commercial. Right, it's like, gotten really corporate. Yeah, yeah. Really so, corporate. Yeah, I love Oakland for that. And plus, the people are like more, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm like a divey bar type of dude. I feel you. And Oakland reminds me of the divey boys. Yeah, don't give a fuck what anyone else is doing because you want to do what you're doing without yeah. issue. And in San Francisco, people are very nosy. Exactly. <clears throat> so, um, so you went to school. You didn't go to school for cooking. So, when did, how did, uh, did you cook when you were when you were young? Mm-hmm. My whole life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I grew up in the kitchen. Took over cooking for my family when I was twelve. Like made dinner pretty much every night from then on. Um, I've always been a baker too. And then, yeah, I worked at coffee shops. And uh, while I was in college, I did spend a year abroad in Italy and worked at a restaurant for a few months. Oh, that's nice. Where in Italy? Sicily. And then in Florence is where the restaurant was. And you were there for a year? Almost, yeah. Okay. Did you ever think about staying there for good? I mean, I couldn't in that circumstance. Because mm-hmm. um, I was on a student visa but i really loved a lot of parts of it and theoretically it'd be amazing to live there again but it's a very backwards culture especially as a woman explain very misogynistic um also very racist especially in sicily Mm. like lived in a a city that Refugees literally washed up on rafts on a regular basis. Yeah. And the locals would be like, oh, the clandestines? And then just not look at them. Um, and I'm, I'm Jewish, and so also definitely experienced my fair share of anti-Semitism there. Um, but at the, when I was working at the restaurant, that half the people I spoke to would be like, oh, you're, you're a waitress? Like, you think I came halfway across the world to work as a waitress? If I were a man, would you know that would never would have crossed your mind, let alone come out of your mouth? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Those are those are small things that, but but like that would happen daily. So yeah. it's really tiring. Um, yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, this country is beyond fucked too, but in different yeah. ways. So are you real uh, political? 
<laughs> yes, yes, not not fiercely and not wishing to. I don't enjoy being confrontational. Mm. And so people who are not going to listen are not going to listen. And they're definitely not going to listen to me. But I also am not going to pretend that I'm okay with things. Are you religious? No. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> Can't stand uh, religious people. How like come? people, like pe- no, I, I mean, I don't care. I don't give a fuck about religious people. I'm just talking about the, there's, I can't stand the people who take religion to like the extreme and get mad at you because you don't believe in what the fuck they believe. Like there's a shit ton of people who don't believe in God. And just because they don't believe in God doesn't mean they're bad people. Of course and then not. a lot of religious people are like, oh, you don't believe in God? What's wrong with you? You're like this and that. I can't stand those type of people. Right. I, I mean, for me, that goes across just so many different belief systems. It's not mm-hmm. remotely limited yeah. to religious folk. <laughs> All right. So give me uh, give me some stories about uh, Italy. What kind of story? Oh, any story. What do you, you want to share? Hmm. And I did really love it there. Um, but definitely, yeah, super conflicted place. Did you learn anything? Uh, taking another bite of this, by the way. Did you learn anything about, uh, like, from a secret fancy chef in Italy? I don't know about a secret. Um, the restaurant I worked at was uh, a pretty high-end place that's part of a restaurant group. And so I did, I was also able to spend, I don't know if it was one, I think it must have been just one day a week. I, yeah, I was working full time. So one day a week in the office, uh-huh. um, sort of getting to see how their whole operational system worked as well. So got to like go on some excursions and the the creepy owner also, you know, made some passes and all the things that you might right, expect. Right, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, let's talk about that. <laughs> the creepy owner. So he was like basically sexual harassing you? The 60-year-old owner who when he found out that I had some intelligence as well as some kitchen skill met me and was like, Oh, did you want to see this other project we're working on? And so, yeah, I wanted to see the bones of a huge project that they were working on for the city. Mm -hmm. And then he invited me to dinner and I thought we'd be going out, but he had spent the day cooking for me at his home. Mm. So when you walked in the house, did you turn around and leave or did you stay? I stayed for dinner, got out pretty quickly thereafter, but also partly because his adult son who is a, has serious addiction issues was like having some crisis so he got a phone call that helped me get my way out <laughs> it was just you and him in there and the son no the son was not there he got oh, a phone the son call was not there. Oh, okay well yeah motherfuckers are creepy so i always feel sorry so for creepy. women who had to deal with that shit so creepy all right um yeah my naive ass thinking we're gonna be in a public restaurant (laughs) did he did you quit after that happened no and he didn't work like he was never he didn't work in the office or in the restaurant he owned this restaurant group okay and had yeah like there were five i think five restaurants and then this project the upstairs of the main food market Mm -hmm. um they were building a whole like a second story that was going to be this community space as well do you get annoyed when men uh approach you yes is that a real question <laughs> i mean yes it's a real question yes do you date so. men yes okay i mean because some men approach women 
in a respectable way. Right. Do you get annoyed with that? I mean, when the, the when there's certain people like talk shit, I mean, not talk shit, but approach you the wrong way, does that make it bad for the guys who come up to you in a good way? Because you're so annoyed about all this, all the bad guys approaching you. I mean, yes and no, but I just, in my everyday life, I'm not looking to be approached. And okay. so that's what's tiring for me. It's not yeah. the approach itself. Mm-hmm. Like the people who are the most out of pocket are often actually the easiest to wave off because you don't fucking know them. It's someone on the street mm-hmm. harassing you or deciding they want your time mm. but yeah people who you do know or think they have some kind of access yeah significantly worse all right so did you uh enjoy your time in italy besides that uh situation <laughs> very much so <laughs> how was living in italy for an american i mean i understand you said the racism part but yeah i mean i was also it hard found... to communicate with people and shit I, I speak Italian. Oh, you speak Italian? Super, I mean, I like, can't Excuse anymore, me. really, but was proficient while I was there. Um, and so I actually, I ran into a lot of people being like, oh, but you're not really American. And I was like, because I speak another language and, mm. like, respect other culture? Is that yeah. it? I'm not fat and I have some knowledge? Like, are those are those the reasons I'm not American? And so... Yeah, I'm not, I am not a patriotic person, but mm. it's still like that rubs the wrong way to hear that consistently when people mean it as a compliment and you're like, but I am American and that my good qualities have nothing like aren't about not, they aren't against the rest of the people here. Did they say anything about uh, you being Jewish out there? Oh, plenty of people. Yeah. Not so, everyone. Okay. Does, does Jewish people get the same... Uh, shit as uh black black people out there it's not the same but i mean do are they looked at at the same like the same way similarly but again with especially with immigrants and refugees that people would just like completely write them off as human beings Mm -hmm. whereas i mean as a woman especially that people find out i was jewish they'd be like oh but like you can't be Cause you look good or like, you know, or that you're not some greedy stereotype, whatever it is. So, I mean, it's, it's a totally different form of prejudice, but it was anyone who learned of it. Like there was a, a very good chance that they would say something quite off color, if not extremely. Yeah. Every time I meet a Jewish person, I always ask them this question. Do you think Jewish, uh, when you say I'm Jewish, do you think it's a uh, religion or do you think it's a, uh, like a race of people? I don't think it's a race. I think it's an ethnicity. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, like I have Jewish blood, mm-hmm. <laughs> which like that, that it is manifests very differently than my mother's side that is Jewish. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and the like the cultural affinity and the epigenetics, all of that shit's real. And so when you meet people, there are these connections that aren't necessarily explainable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. Where is your uh, parents from? They're from the East Coast also. Connecticut? No. New York and Delaware. Uh, they're still together? Mm-hmm. You have siblings? I have a sister. Is she on the West Coast? East Coast? Mm-hmm. In Connecticut? <laughs> Massachusetts. Are you trying to, are you, are you hiding stuff? No. I'm going to bring it like out of you. 
what, what do you want to know? I don't want to. This, this interview is like, yeah. random. we're going to shoot all you. over the place. I got you. Okay, hold on, let me sip my, my wine. All right. Um, so when, did, when you left Italy, when you came back to the States, did you come back to Connecticut or Cali? Yeah, I spent a few months in Connecticut and then went to my senior year of college and then moved here. Okay. And you graduated college with a what? Bachelor of Arts. Bachelor of Arts. What was your first job that you had out of college? <laughs> a food retail spot, a startup in the marina. San Francisco? Yep. Fits you. I get the vibe, the marina vibe from you. <laughs> My manager and I used to play games about the customers, like, hot or rich. Uh-huh. You're like, sometimes you just can't tell. Like, are you just really well-preserved and or have had work done? Or are you actually an attractive person? I don't know. Or daughter or girlfriend or son or boyfriend. Okay. <laughs> That's the marina. Yeah, yeah. I mean. And that the plates of food cost our hourly wage. And people would walk in and be like, wow, look how affordable this is. And we'd be like. I commuted an hour here, and I'm going to walk away with $60 today. So how long were you at that job? Like a month and a half. You want to give a shout-out to the the, the the place? Hell no. No? Uh. <laughs> All right, so you left there and went where? I went to a winery here in Oakland for a couple of years. So obviously you liked it at, or was it tolerable? Um, It was a good situation for a minute. Mm-hmm. They were not good employers. No. Um, I pretty much only worked for small businesses. And that, you know, is extremely beneficial in some ways and has major pitfalls in others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, was brought on for certain reasons that then were became the problem to them later. You're like, you're young and hip, but then, like, then you're going to be ageist about you think I'm not capable of things because I'm young yeah. or... Um, yeah, question responsibility based on age. And you're like, again, you you hired me for this. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get that. Um, and just removed from reality, you know, people who don't work service jobs don't yeah get it. So, so when did you start? Um, when, when was the first time you smoked? Right? Mm-hmm. Do you smoke? When was the first time you smoked? Six. 16. How old were you? I never smoked before. That's the honest to God's truth. You just eat? Yeah, I just eat. I mean, I don't really eat. I can say that I've, when it comes to edibles, I've tried uh, probably like six in my whole life. Okay. The first one was when I went to Amsterdam and I didn't feel anything. The second one was in the States, obviously. Uh, I don't really remember. I think it was like a a cookie or something at Dolores Park. (laughs) Didn't feel anything. Um, And then the third third time was at my friend's house. Ate some gummies. I don't think I I didn't feel anything. I mean, I don't know. It's weird. When I eat edibles, I don't really uh, feel a difference in my behavior. So it's not necessarily about behavior, though. And I never been like really high like smoking, so I don't know uh, how to tell if I'm high or not. You know, you understand what I'm saying? I do. So, but yeah. 
Interesting. So yeah, I never smoked. So you were 16 when you started? Yeah, I mean, not, I didn't smoke much mm-hmm. as a teenager, but. Did you get high the first time you smoked? Can't remember. I think a little bit, but not very. And then definitely after that. Okay. What other drugs have you tried? My share. <laughs> Everything, I like basically? I like plants. You like plants? Huh? So Mushrooms? How does mushrooms make you feel? I never tried that either. I have very severe chronic pain, which is one of the reasons I use weed and... Mm-hmm. Um, mushrooms also partly for that reason as well as for mental health and so usually take very small doses um, like micro two slightly larger than that and use it as a mood booster to help concentrate and to help alleviate pain have you been diagnosed with anything yes what like a huge swath of things let me tell me some well, some of it's actually from Italy. Um, I have American and European strains of Lyme and a host of other tick-borne illnesses. Mm-hmm. And then that comes with a bunch of other kinds of co-infections and depression and all sorts of other stuff. So you've been diagnosed with depression? hmm And you smoke weed for that? I don't use the weed per se for the depression, although occasionally, definitely, it can help offset mood imbalance um but much more for pain okay and sleep and stuff and nausea mm. um have you have you seen a like a therapist or anything mm-hmm. okay do you believe in therapy i mean i don't but i mean i studied psychology in, in, in school and you don't believe in therapy i don't believe in therapy no any kind <laughs> Uh, I believe, I mean, I believe, I don't believe in someone telling you about your life when they don't know your life. You know what I'm saying? I don't think good therapists do that. I mean, I just don't believe in therapy. I believe in self. I believe in self, uh, like figuring out yourself. I mean, you can talk to somebody. Right. You don't think having someone with more knowledge and an outside perspective to help guide you? I mean, well, who that? says they're more knowledge? They're no, they're more knowledgeable. They're not more knowledgeable about your life, but ideally, they have studied a lot of different human behavior and responses to things, and so can understand. Let me ask you this: Would you would be. you go talk to someone and ask someone's advice if you let's say uh, <laughs> let's say you were married, right, and you went through a divorce? I mean, or you're thinking about uh, a divorce. You're thinking about getting divorced because your husband cheated on you multiple, multiple times, right? And you went to go talk to a therapist who's been single all their life. Would you think that person, that therapist is knowledgeable about uh, giving you advice on being married? No, but I also wouldn't just take the advice of any person. I would listen to it and think about how that helps me better understand my own situation. Do you think going to a therapist talking about depression uh, when the therapist lives a wonderful life and has never been depressed? I mean, I understand she's book smart. Right. But I, would you, would so you rather have, talk to someone? I've never found a person I've connected with. Yeah, would you rather talk to someone who's ways. actually has been depressed and like of course, went through all that shit? Of course, it's easier to speak to someone who knows your situation. Yeah. 
But that's all I'm saying. No, and I, I and for the most part, right? The the people I have found to be helpful in my life have experienced similar things. Yeah, okay. Um, and I have not ever had a talk therapist who I've connected with. Mm-hmm. But the times that I have tried, it's because I was really in need of that structure and of some kind of support and specifically some kind of support from outside of your normal network. Yeah. And so like, I mean, one person a couple of years ago, like really, really did not like her as a therapist. And uh, like, it made me, I, I mean, I stopped going cause it like made me anxious. The idea of going there and talking with her cause she would like, yeah, I would leave feeling kind of worse. And so that's obviously deeply problematic but that I had initiated it because I really needed a space for it. Mm-hmm. So like thinking about things before the appointment was helpful for me. Just she wasn't. Do you still go to therapy now? No, but should. Why do you think you should? Cause I'm fucked up in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think you're fucked up in the head? You probably had the same thoughts as every fucking body else. As lots of people, but where you dwell and how you treat yourself and how you, the, the habits and places you get stuck. And so. Do you think you abuse any uh, drugs? Not normally. No. Do you, do you think you abuse alcohol? Not normally. Okay. I have certainly had phases where I did not have a healthy relationship with it, but. Mm-hmm. I also, for the most part, like it's been truly accidental, you know, anytime that things have gone wrong. It's not, but I am self-medicating. I don't know that it's, yes, that is abuse, but also like. What's your drug, what's your drug of choice if you don't. Weed. Weed. This is like, uh, what does weed do to you that you like it so much? Pain relief, nausea relief, <laughs> relaxation in general. I'm like pretty high strung. And so being able to mellow out in those ways and stop getting hung up on things that don't matter. Yeah. Do you feel like you overreact to like small things? Not really. Or not in outward ways. Do you get that angry a lot? No. But tension, like my body holds all of that tension and that's really detrimental. Mm. well i think you're an amazing person if that helps thanks (laughs) (laughs) all right so you uh started smoking weed when you were 16 when was the first time you tried a hard drug in college in college which which hard drug did you try cocaine or something doesn't matter (laughs) listen you can't hold secrets on this show not your business all right all right um so you uh when did you start cooking edibles in college also had a friend my freshman year and we started a little business for a while Mm -hmm. um what was the name of the business i'm sure we had one okay it was not a good partnership so I don't know. Mm. Like, I did most of the work, and then we split the profits evenly. You guys fell out? You could say that. So you don't talk to her anymore? I'm happy to talk to her. She was a very, very bad friend to me. So I 
I'm happy to inter- like we have lots of mutual friends. Mm-hmm. Happy to interact, but it was not. She was a pretty abusive friend. Okay. All right. Um, so um, when did you launch your current uh, business? I started working on it um, towards the end of college. That I I did a. I guess it was my last semester. I did a like two course unit load class where I was starting to build it. Um, so I was getting into private chef work and I've made a, like, I made some wedding cakes and stuff. And so sort of special occasion, small, not catering, but mm-hmm. pastry work and whatever. Um, working on that, got my website up and running and stuff. And then when I moved here, had a couple clients as a private chef at the beginning and had like, when I got sick, I started, I had to stop working and like support myself freelancing. So I don't make much money on art, but I do make some money on art now. Um, and have been trying to figure out how to balance all that. So you, uh, you don't have like a regular nine to five all year. This is just straight food and yeah. Do you make more on edibles or do you make more on art? Oh, I don't, I mean, edibles are like, it's not, it's not a real business that I, I do it here and there for people and for myself Mm -hmm. that I'm more than happy to, if anyone wants to put in an order, super happy to, but yeah, it's just a side, whatever. Um, but that most of my income comes from event work and fashion work. Yeah. I see, uh, you, you're a, you consider yourself a model. I do. How long have you been doing that? Consider yourself. I like that. <laughs> I like that because I know lots of people who like that. But I've been doing it professionally for like four years. Okay. And had some that had some work before that, but started being serious about it like four years ago. Are you a model nude? I've done nude work, but that's not. That's mostly fashion and art stuff. Mm, like walking, walking the runway and stuff? I've done some fashion shows. I don't love that. I like print work better. Um, I'm a very amateur photographer, too, and clothing designer and so i like working with fellow creatives and that i can soak up their knowledge and Mm -hmm. we can help each other create something better so the art world what do you like i mean you have you're an artist you're a model you're a baker uh which one of those do you about the art world do you enjoy the most i so i mean i need a combination of them i don't want to I've never pictured myself focusing on just one element. Um, I mean, you don't enjoy painting more than you enjoy modeling or like. Yes and no. Like, I mean, long term. No, I I started modeling to make money solely and then Mm -hmm. became learned that it is or that I anything that I put my hand to. I want to try to create the best work I can. And so if my name and face are connected to something, I want it to be the best product it can be. Um, And so I became more serious about it in that kind of way. Um, so I do, I have learned to really enjoy it, but I don't want to be in front of a camera f- for very long. That's, mm-hmm. like, I lost a lot of weight being sick and I'm a young woman, so I know I can get paid for looking the way I do. Yeah. And yeah, that like, that's gross. But also I'm gonna take advantage of it while I can. Uh-huh. Um, and that it, yeah, it teaches me a lot of other shit. But, I'd much rather be making things and then like hiding in the corner while people consume them. Nice. Uh, where can someone buy some of your art or is it like 
you have it like uh out in the world not really right now um I have a website and can always contact me on Instagram. I prefer to do commission work, although I do have a bunch of work that I would love to get rid of. Um, but yeah, I like, I like commission stuff cause I like combining my vision with whomever it's for. Do you have a certain, um, like if someone were to ask you describe the type of art you make, like, so it would depend on the medium, but um, I work with, I mean, basically whatever I can get my hands on. That's based on my stubbornness, interest in natural stuff, desire to not contribute to pollution and wrecking the world, mm-hmm. and also just being poor. And so you just, like, use what you got. But I think that, like, figuring out how to make scraps and whatever into usable functional and really aesthetically pleasing items is very rewarding for me um for fine art i've been using flowers a lot the last few years so fresh dried pressed hammered sort of like in whatever way i can i've been doing a lot of natural dyeing of late too um so infusing plant matter with other textiles Mm -hmm. um And that for fine art, like, of course, that's just wall whatever, but that in most of my life, I want to try to strike a balance between form and function. Okay. So I make ceramics and other things, too, so, like, I can serve my food on my dishes and have it all sort of seamless. What's the the best dish you can make? That entirely depends on your taste, doesn't it? I mean... (laughs) You know what you can make good, right? Like your go-to. You don't. You don't have a go-to. I don't go-to. have a go-to. No. Can you make edible lasagna? Of course. Okay. The way that I usually cook with it is that I have full-spectrum oil that I um, mix into coconut oil, and then I dose it that way. So you can just put it in literally anything. So where do you get all your like your weed from? Depends. I don't, I'm figuring that out right now. I have a friend who farms and in the past used to get some really incredible stuff, including like Rick Simpson oil and other mm. crude oils that he made himself. Um, but these days, stuff from dispensaries too. Mm-hmm. Not where I would like to be putting my money. But What's the process of like uh, making an edible? Like, Do you just basically just grind up weed and just... Throwing into whatever you're making? No. No? Again, I use, like, in order to be consistent about it, for the most that I use oil. Like, I, I, I don't mean to stop you, but uh, let's say you're making, let's say you're making a cupcake, right? You can make a cupcake the regular way, and then you can make an edible cupcake. What's the difference I in the process? I replace part of, of the fat, okay. the regular fat, with wheat-infused fat. Mm. So that it's evenly distributed throughout it. Okay. So, like, there's a stick of butter and then a tablespoon of wheat coconut oil that went into that cake. And when you uh, eating edibles, is that what's the difference between eating an edible or the different feeling that you get when you eat an edible as into smoking weed? Just smoking. Oh, wildly different. And also because that this particular stuff that I've been cooking with for the last while is Rick Simpson oil. That's a medicinally potent strain. Uh, or preparation 
um, versus using a specific strain that has different kinds of effects that might be more body focused or head focused. So I usually eat it to try to give an overall reduction in my pain level and like that I find there's a lot of stuff in my daily life that are, it's really distracting. And so to try to like dampen that. So is eating edible more affects the body and smoking affects the mind? It depends on, I mean, again, it depends on the strain for all of that and your person. So I usually consume like only indicas or indica based hybrids mm. because I want the body stuff that I'm already too cerebral. So the idea of throwing that sativa in there, that's like going to make you paranoid and, overthink shit mm. i'm 20 times past that to begin with and so i don't need that input mm. i'm looking to slow it down do you want to talk about uh what you're going through on your little day-to-day life sure um <laughs> yeah i mean the quarantine like it's of course it's affected yeah, how, me because yeah, it's yeah, affected everyone affect, but it's you? not crazy different than my everyday life before this quarantine happened what life were you living? Were you like a social butterfly going out all the time to the bars and shit? I'm, I'm, my circle here is pretty large. And so I actually, I'm ex- kind of exhausted by socializing despite really, really enjoying the people I spend time with. You know, these people like your actual friends or just people like no, my associates, actual my actual friends. What do you friends. consider a friend? Someone where we often hang out one-on-one and actually talk about our lives okay. and have supported each other in various ways and so they're not things. they're not girls who only hit you up on a friday and be like yo girl you let's go out and i mean there are you, some of those too do you consider sure. them friends put yeah. that same label on them yeah it depends on what though acquaintance okay. friend acquaintance party person i don't know <laughs> all right so yeah <laughs> i could i would consider them not friends i mean right it depends like if i only ever see you out no you're yeah. not really my friend yeah, yeah. but so you have a shit ton of friends out here. That's what you're saying? No, but a bunch. Okay. All right. So like, and you, they're all in pretty different pockets. And so that becomes, do you have different time. groups of friends that you don't mix? I'm happy to mix most people, but it's about whether or not they're interested in the same shit or have any desire to like, Oh, I also have a bunch of friends who don't love larger gatherings and stuff or are just very socially uncomfortable. And so like I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to bring them places like that because they just won't enjoy it. Are your friends, uh, is there like an ethnic, I'm assuming you don't hang out with just white girls, right? You have a, no. a pretty mixture of. Yes. And actually like more of my circle or more of my close friends here are male than female, but, or like most of the people I spend time with, yeah. um, have been male the last few years, but definitely a bunch of female friends too, but. Do you think a man and a woman can be uh, like best friends? Yes. Do you not? No. <laughs> and I'm talking about straight men. I'm not talking about gay men. If you were friends with a guy, right? Are you attracted to any of your male friends? Like sexually? Not in a way that I want to act on. Okay. Now, can you say the same for the man? For your male friends? No. If they ask, if someone would ask them that same question, are you attracted to Sarah? Do you think they'll say the same thing? No. Okay. So can you really consider them friends if they are secretly attracted to you and just waiting for that opportunity to like, oh. I think secret and waiting on an opportunity are different than feeling it, acknowledging it, and not acting on it. 
because friends you're just friends okay this is my homegirl i'm not i would never like have sex with her blah 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 she's just my homegirl i'm saying if she needs me to fight for her i'll fight for her we we ride or die that's friends Mm -hmm. friends is not like oh this is my homegirl but i mean if she asks me like let's get down tonight i'm definitely trying to do that i'm saying i would agree to some extent i think that you can be friends and have sex but I, I do completely hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and definitely have run into that. Mm-hmm. But I also like can't live my life with the assumption that you're trying to sleep with me because yeah, of course you can't live your life with that in your mind. Tired all the time, and I already am. And so, unless That's- you want to address it or unless it's too clear, I'm going to operate as if it's not there because I don't want it. Yeah. That's the only reason why I say a man and a woman can. I mean, a woman might think, yeah, we can be friends. No, but that but the, the, guy the person I was making whole, the edibles with, that she, she ruined our friendship because she was trying to get at me. And oh. I wasn't interested. Oh, okay. And she couldn't handle that. Interesting. Were you not interested because you're not interested in women or are you just not interested in her? More about her. So you're bisexual? Ish. Ish. All right. Like people. Not about gender. Mm. Okay. I forgot where we started this. Kind of, we started. You asked if you think if I think a man and a woman can be friends. No, but, but before that, you were you were explaining something about your life, your your trials and tribulations about your day to day life. Oh yeah, the 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 fucking corona shit. Oh <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So I I definitely normally would have like at least one gig out of the house if not you know a couple days a week um as well as socializing Mm -hmm. a couple days a week um but i do spend a ton of time at home alone already and really enjoy that um and are you an introvert or uh okay what's your sign gemini Mm. so i need that i need the social outlet but i also like I need most of my time to myself. Okay. What's your favorite bar to go to? Depends on what for. <laughs> uh, I mean, what's your favorite bar to dress up in a sexy outfit and go to? I don't do it like that. Okay. Well, what's your favorite bar to fucking have cheap drinks? See, very different question. I do like dive bars, but like. What's yeah. your favorite dive bar? Probably Ruby Room. Okay. Been there a couple of times. It's one of my favorites. I like me a $3 PPR draft. Yeah. Tall can? No, draft. Oh, draft. Infinitely better. What? I don't want to fuck it. By the end of a tall can, it's so gross. Yeah, but you can drink that. That tall can can last you all night. You don't even have to spend. Ew. No. When I I get a tall can, that literally lasts me all fucking night. No, after... An hour or even half an hour. The whole second half of it is just disgusting. I do love beer out of the draft, but right. I don't, I, I, when it comes to beer out of the draft, I like Blue Moon or uh, or Bud Light. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really a beer drinker. That's why I like light beer that tastes. I've come to really like light beer, but or some light beers. What's your favorite beer? one i've been really into sours the last couple of years sours sours sh- sours is not really beer it's like fucking, i hear you but i don't like the sweet like, like i don't like water. the super 
fruity ones, the super fruity sweet ones. I like something that's like a combination. It's got some toasty graininess and then that like punch. Of Can you get drunk off drinking sours? Hell yeah. Wow. I love beer. You love beer. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I hate beer. I like hate most beer. styles. I like. I don't like Belgians. Beer gives you that fucking gut, and it's like hard to fucking work out. Work oh, I feel off. it when I've been drinking a lot of beer, and you know, and it makes but. you piss like every fucking fifteen minutes. Oh, to me, I don't know about you, but yeah, I also just drink tons of water. So I'm mm. already peeing all the time. What's your <laughs> what about uh, hard alcohol? What's your are you a whiskey um, girl? Well, so my tastes have changed a lot in the last bunch of years. Uh, I used to be a bourbon lady, bourbon and tequila. And I do still like bourbon both. and tequila. So you mix the dark and white? Not together. Uh, I mean, on the same <laughs> night? Occasionally, but not on purpose. Like, that's, that's the not worst. how I want to be. Um, but yeah, bourbon, I, I don't have the taste for much anymore. I do still like it, but I'm not really in the mood. But I like the lighter liquors, so tequila and mezcal, pisco. Um, I finally have gotten into gin. It took me years. I hate gin. Learn to like it. I can't. It fucking tastes nasty. I, I spent many years being like, why would you drink a juniper berry? Um, <laughs> there are lots that don't taste like that. Like you're tasting gasoline or something. No. So I like... I like citrus or like any tart stuff and salty mm. stuff. And okay. so a martini and like all of those liquors that I mentioned, I really like something that's I like, I like a dry, like a dirty martini and or something that's margarita esque, but sharper. Mm. Do you know how to make drinks? Mm-hmm. Have you worked in a bar like a, as a bartender before? No, okay. but I like infuse my own shit and mix things. Mm. All right. Have you ever? I'm assuming you you eat your own uh, product, right? <laughs> have you ever made something? And you were shocked that oh shit, this is way too strong that I can handle. For weed? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. That I mean, edibles affect everyone differently. Um, I still don't know that I have exactly the right dosage for myself because I often don't really feel it or I'm just like knocked out, just like asleep, you know? Yeah. Um, Which is always a good nap when that happens, but it's also like not why you ate something. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have like back pain and shit? I have whole body pain. You have scoliosis? No. Um, Sciatica? Sciatico? Yes, I have have pain in a bunch of spots. I have stuff with my sacrum. I have ligaments that are too loose and other ones that are too tight. All sorts of stuff. (laughs) A couple years ago, I saw an osteopath, and he did five major adjustments, one of which involved one of my ribs keeping my heart from pendulating as much as it was supposed to. What? And it had been like that for who knows how long. Mm -hmm. I mean, did he fix it? For that period of time, I don't know if it's still okay, but. You have like knee pain? Yeah. I have arthritis in my whole body. Wow. That's why I'm wearing copper. <laughs> what does copper do? At least via folk medicine is supposed to support your joints and reduce inflammation. Um, I wear these also as 
splints, not just for the copper. Mm. So that my joints are super fucked up. Like I can, the cracking, it's real fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I pull it, yeah, it doesn't want to go right now, but I pull it with his thumb back into socket by pulling it out. And then I also have to crack it back multiple times to the right. And you can see it's still crooked, the top digits. Wow. So. Have you ever dislocated any of your fingers? My knees just pop out sometimes, and but it's not. I mean, I've, I think I've always had pretty flexible joints. This is just the illnesses have exacerbated it, and they like eat at the um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not cellulose, collagen. Mm-hmm. So the cushioning is damaged. You know, copper is what they use in uh, for birth control. Little, oh, the IUD. Yeah, I used to have yeah. one. Yeah. Which was powerful when shit. I, yeah, when I found that out, I was like surprised. I was like, powerful shit. Powerful shit. Yeah. Now, a friend who said her dude keeps like making jokes about getting her pregnant, and she's like, You just can't beat it. Like, your sperm, no matter how strong it is, is never going to win against this. I mean, those, they're, I mean, they're not 100%. My co- no, but it's like, it's cleaving it in half, basically. Yeah. <laughs> My cousin, uh, his girl had one of those, um, those IUDs, and she had it for like, no, it's ten plus years. Right, they only last ten. Yeah, but she. I mean, so she. So it was effective until it wasn't. No, and no, she no. didn't get it changed. In no, time, no, no. Is what it she, it like. was between when she first got it and when it expired. It was between that ten years, and she ended up getting pregnant. It happens. So yeah, I was like, well, it happens to everyone. Yeah, but that's it's a lot. It's really powerful. Mm-hmm. Also, wildly uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm old fashioned, so I'm just straight up uh the old fashioned way. Okay. <laughs> uh so how many children you got? I have no kids. <laughs> no kids whatsoever. That you know of. No, no, I know Noah. <laughs> I have no children. You ever been you ever, you ever had a pregnancy, Sky? I have not. I have been very vigilant about my birth control always. Do you want kids? I don't think so. No? Why is that? Myriad reasons? Like, why? Oh, why Married I, reasons? I said myriad. Uh, why would I want them? I don't know. Because when you get old, you want someone to take care of you. You, you, don't, you don't want a, an offspring. You don't want to mold someone into someone great. You want to be responsible for how someone else turns out? I mean, I don't want kids. Yeah, but I don't want to be responsible for how someone else turns out. I don't want to give my life to someone else, and that's what having a child is. Would you rather adopt? Or? If I were going to have them, probably, yeah. If you were to get pregnant, okay, let's say by accident or whatever, if it wasn't planned, what would you do, have an abortion? Now? Fuck yeah. Mm. Or any time up until now and the foreseeable future? <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> My life is not, I can barely support myself and take care of myself. How could I ever raise a child? You have roommates? I have a roommate. One roommate? One. Are you guys cool? Yeah. Okay. You guys hang out and shit? We've started since quarantine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Basically, it's just one of those where you go in your room, she goes in her room, and you guys don't talk. No, we say hey to each other, but that's also part of the reason I picked him was that I wanted, like, it's my apartment. Oh, you live with a guy. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
but it's my apartment and I want whoever lives with me to feel at home, but also it's my apartment. Mm-hmm. So. so if he says anything bad, you can just kick him out. I'm not going to do that. But my point being in that, like, he spends most of his time in his room because that's where his shit is. Where'd you meet him? Uh, through a, an old a dip, the roommate previous had sent my ad out to a lesser. Okay. Google. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so, um, do you want to promote? This is the part of the interview where you can like promote yourself. You can promote right. anything that you want. You can tell the people how to contact you, how to book you, how to look for you, blah, blah, blah. So, Word. Thank you. Um, yeah, I am around Oakland and with a very flexible schedule. Um, I would love if anyone wants to reach out about edibles or fine art, but also about creative collaborations and trying to figure out where we go with community and with events from here on out, um, what that's going to look like. And yeah, if you want, if you need it, I'm, I've been selling masks too. And if you want any of your clothes dyed and given new life, I do a lot of mending and other stuff too. Um, so if you're, yeah, if you're interested in getting in touch about any of that, my Instagram is bass.sarah, B-A-S-S dot S-A-R-A-H. That's it. My website is sarah-bass.com, but I mean, I'm open to whatever kind of collaboration or artistic endeavor, um, but I prefer to work with people on an individual basis. All right. Well, you guys heard it first. Uh, Sarah Bass, uh, please, if you are interested in anything that she was talking about today, if you want to collab, you want to book get some edibles i mean i ate her edible today live how'd you feel and i mean i don't feel it yet but i'm assuming i'm gonna feel it in the next couple of hours but i don't think this interview can last that long to <laughs> to get the visuals uh, but yeah i mean it tasted good so holla at her for edibles holla at her she's a model if you want to book she's also creative and a creative means Anything you can think of, basically. Yeah, give me raw materials, and I'll make something out of it. Do a lot of my own fermenting and other stuff, too. So if you have questions about nutrition and gut health and foraging local plants and things, also. Dope. Dope woman. Uh, So, yeah. Sarah Bass, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.